0: Good morning prolific authors how is everyone doing today well i hope and i hope you've had a great week of writing it is actually raining cats and dogs here in utah as i'm recording this (laughs) so it's kind of a wet stay indoors sort of day but that's okay i have a really great interview for you today and it is about something that is really important but i don't think very many authors focus on it it is the subject of gratitude. And gratitude is a little bit tricky because it's not something that's tangible. It's not something we can measure the tangibility of it and how it can help us you know, write better or sell more books. But I do promise you that if you practice gratitude, you will write better and you will sell more books, OK? So it's something that has to be kept in mind. And uh, my guest today is Jennifer Garman. And she um, has had a, a really wonderful gratitude journey that she's going to tell us all about. Um, she's going to talk about why it's important and how writers can apply it to their craft. But I especially want you to listen to the part where she talks about neuroplasticity. Um, this is something that I teach to my clients and that I'm going to teach in my upcoming course, which should be out in the next couple of months. And I don't usually frame it, you know, using the terminology of neuroplasticity, because that's pretty sciency. But I often tell my clients, and you've probably heard me say this if you've been listening to very many of my podcasts, you've got to get away from saying you can't do something. If you don't want to, for whatever reason, that's different. But, you know, writers tend to say things like, I can't write any faster. I can't write more than X amount of words. I can't come up with a better story. I can't outline. And it's because their brains don't work that way. Now, I do have respect for that because I absolutely believe that they're telling the truth when they say that. But here's the thing. Just because your brain isn't working that way now doesn't mean that you can't train it to work differently in the future, okay? And that is what she talks about, neuroplasticity, all right? So pay really close attention to Jennifer, and I hope that you come away with some really great gratitude gems. Um, Here we go. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill. Uh,
1: we are here today with Jennifer Garman. How are you, Jennifer? Hi, great. Thanks so much, Liesl, for having me. Um, it's wonderful to be here. Yeah, it's your thing. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. So
0: why don't we start by having you introduce yourself. Just tell us who you are and what you do and what you write.
1: Yeah, so um, I am the author of um, Flourish, Seven Ways Gratitude Can Transform Your Life. And prior to being an author, I was a computer engineer turned into um, a a medical account uh, representative and um, correspondent. And then I got sick and I spent seven years trying to heal. And this is where my book came from. So um, after I was healed, I started a company called gratitudemission.org where I wanted to share the power of gratitude with as many as I could through a product. And then a year later, I wrote my book. Nice, nice. So um, do you think that you got...
0: I don't know how much you want to share about your illness, but do you think you got sick in part because of the things you were doing before that you weren't very happy with, or was it something else completely?
1: Um, I honestly believe it was all the layers. If you kind of um, uh, look at health like an onion, and there's like all these different layers that you have to, you know, you've got to work on your exercise and your diet and your mental state and your stress and all those different things. I was just piling things on my plate over and over again without ever considering taking things off. So I would just kind of like, you know, just rework things to make another thing fit. And I think I just got to the point where my body just had enough and just started to shut down. And, um, I truly believe that's what happened. Um, but I never got a true diagnosis or a definitive answer on that's what it is. I just believe in my heart that that's what it was. And how did gratitude help help to heal you? Yeah, so about um, a little over seven years into my illness journey, I was just like, you know, enough is enough. I have chased down specialists and doctors and you name it, um, health gurus, and I didn't really have any answers or wasn't feeling much better, and it was at that point I just decided just to take a step back and just, you know, stop searching, stop chasing rabbits down the holes, and it was um, at that point I started to get my life coaching certification, And then gratitude was the thing that started to come up over and over, as well as mindset tools and neuroplasticity. And I was just was enamored and I couldn't get enough. I was reading all the books I could read on the subject and use myself as a guinea pig, so to speak. And um, lo and behold, my symptoms started to resolve very quickly. Wow. And I knew I was onto something. And that's when I really started to d- dive into the research because um, being scientifically minded with my um, engineering degree, I really needed to understand scientifically if this was possible and why, if it was possible, you know, so um, that's what I pull a lot of into my book is all the research and everything that I um, was able to find. Nice, nice. So talk to us a little bit about
0: neuroplasticity. I have an interest in things like that.
1: Yeah, so neuroplasticity is just simply um, the brain's ability to change um, and rewire itself. And um, prior to a few decades ago, people didn't think that we, this was even possible after the age of about 20, 21. They thought, you know, what you've got in your brain is, you know, it's stuck. It's going to be there. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And then the notion of neuroplasticity came along and just uprooted all that. <laughs> and you absolutely can rewire your brain. And if you think of it in terms of, you know, certain illnesses and things, getting deep rooted, and maybe you have an old injury, where they say, you know what, you shouldn't have pain anymore, this has been years, but you're still experiencing pain, it could very well be a deep rooted thing in your brain that is causing the pain pathways to fire and you are still experiencing pain. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the the ways neuroplasticity techniques can help people. Um, They can can help stroke people, um, chronic pain. Things where there's just not really an explanation. Um, you can literally rewire your brain to stop going down these negative neural pathways and change into different ones. Hmm. Yeah, I really like
0: that. I love um, hearing stories like that because it, it just inspires so much hope for people who think they've hit a wall and aren't going to be able to go anywhere. Um, so if we transition this over to to other things then, like writing, for example. So what, what, is, what does that mean? For the, what does neuroplasticity mean for the writer?
1: Yeah, neuroplasticity for the writer. Well, um, for me, first and foremost, I was the 180 of a writer. Um, I, was a, <laughs> I was a computer engineer. And if you told me to write something um, my whole life, up through the point where I decided I was going to do this book, it was my worst subject, was reading, comprehension, writing. I despised it. But the passion and the um, energy that I felt after healing, I knew that I needed to share it, and I knew that there, I'd gone through that seven-plus-year journey for a reason, and I just, I, the energy came to me, and all of the stuff fell into place, and the the typewriter flowed, so to speak. Um, okay. I got into the groove and into flow so many times, um, and it was really therapeutic, too, to just get it all out of my brain and into you know, the computer and uh, into word. (laughs) Right. And see that, you know, like, you know, all this was for a reason. Yeah. So so what um,
0: advice would you give to to writers who maybe are having a
1: hard time getting their words out? Yeah, I think passion goes hand in hand with getting the words out. I think it has to be something that you're truly excited about. And there's a lot of meditation techniques that you can do to get into the flow zone. Um, But you really have to find, you know, the time of day that works best for you. For me, I was really busy. Um, I had three kids that needed me regularly. So I found my time was between 4 to 6 a.m. before anybody else got up. And I spent an entire year, you know, dedicated to that time that I would wake up, I would just sit down and I would write. And if I didn't write, I would just... um, kind of brainstorm and come up with, you know, ways to go and different ideas and things that I needed to research, but I would utilize those two hours pretty much every day. Sometimes I'd take a day off um, on Sunday or Saturday and just not do it. But, um, and on those days off too, I was constantly thinking about it too. And, you know, taking little notes here and there throughout my day. And then yeah. that would come up the next morning when I'd sit down, and would be like, okay, this came to me, you know, yesterday uh-huh. afternoon, now I'm going to go attack that angle. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a big sign when you're, you're thinking
0: about it around the clock that, <laughs> I mean, obviously you have passion for it, but also that it's kind of your calling to do and you get real, for forgetting about it for months at a time, then, you know, it's not the same thing.
1: <laughs> yes. And just because you forget, you know, sometimes you do have to just put it off to the side for a few months or until you feel that again. And, yeah. you know, just, it'll come back, but don't give up on it, but just maybe take a short break or, you know, however long break of a break you need. And yeah. I did, I do remember a couple of times where I took about a week or two off, and mm-hmm. I just said, you know what, this is my downtime, I got to this milestone, now I'm going to take my reward break <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sleep in for a week. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, I teach that too to my students. I just kind of feel like there is something to be said for writing daily, but especially once you've finished it or, or hit a milestone or something, nothing wrong with recharging your batteries too to keep from burning yourself out anyway.
1: Yeah, and another thing I want to touch on is the the power of collective mindset. Um, I was lucky enough to be a part of a collective writing pod. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would just have sessions and this would be like on a weekend afternoon, like four o'clock for an hour or two, where you could just go on and you'd all be there and it would be like a collective energy of just you know getting stuff out of your head onto the page. And it was so, so inspiring. And I didn't think that I would like it as much as I did. But I, I have to say that there was an energy with that that you can't describe. Um, yeah. Just everybody kind of being in that same zone, it was almost a contagious energy where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the zone now, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I have, a, I have a writing group that I'm still with, and it's that way. It's kind of a, becomes kind of a group think tank sort of thing, and you can bounce ideas off each other. And it's so funny because writers are, are very, they have a lot, we have a lot of solitude just by virtue of what we do, so, and we tend to be introverted, and so we always think we're not going to like that, but it's it's amazing how valuable it can be to just have a springboard for ideas and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, are you still using
1: um, that same process today to do your writing, or have you, have, has it changed at all? So, no, I'm, I've stopped writing for now. I'm just kind of kind of just brainstorming and ideas of what I want to do next and the direction I want to go with it. But I definitely think there's another book in there. I just don't yeah. know which direction I'm going to go with it yet. Nice, nice. <laughs> so um, what, when did you get your book written? So my book was published in April of this year. Okay. So nice. it was complete, pretty neat. Yeah, it was absolutely complete, like turned in final editing in late February. So how did how did COVID affect that? Or, or did it? Did you get it done right before COVID? I guess, huh? Yeah, COVID was a fun wrench that got thrown in for all the speaking um, engagements that I had set up and (laughs) all my book signings and everything. So um, right when it published, um, well, no, not right when it published, but a few weeks before when everything was being canceled, it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? No, everything is being canceled. And I had, uh, you know, a post launch party and all this stuff for my early, you know, beta readers and everything that just got put onto a holding pattern. Uh Yeah. That was really tough, but the, um, like the collective pod that I was involved in was really great in brainstorming and coming up with ideas of, you know, this, let's try this or this worked for me and sharing. Um, and that was really wonderful to have that resource to, um, to run with. Yeah. <laughs> Got me, me into sure. podcasting, actually. <laughs> yeah. That was my next question. You have a podcast, right? I do. Yes. So tell us about it a little bit. Yeah. So my podcast is called Upward Trajectory. And the whole premise behind it is, you know, I I went through this health crisis and this journey, and then this um, healing, which um, literally gave me new life, Um, the energy, the passion, the life that it gave me. um, I felt like I have been just blessed with that. Then I was blessed with the company and then the book. And I just felt like I was overflowing and needed to give back. So my podcast is a way of giving back positive into the world. And I just share, um, uplifting and inspiring stories of transformation for people that might need to hear that.
0: Nice. Yeah, that sounds great. So are you doing any coaching
1: or anything? I am, I'm doing coaching and speaking and I'm doing, um, guest blogging (laughs) and podcasts. So I'm, I'm just a little bit busy right now. All the things online, right? (laughs) All online. Yes.
0: Great. Great. Um, so What advice do you have to give for people who maybe were kind of of in your situation in that they can't find time to write or um, aren't sure like where to start? What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, so the best advice I ever got was it doesn't matter where you start, just start writing. Because the best um, problem that you can have is that you've written too much. Because Mm -hmm. inevitably you will have to cut and you will have to make edits. And if you've written too much, that's a really easy problem to have versus if you've written too little. Yeah. So just, if you have a thought, just start getting it out there and just, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be, you can literally brain spew. Um, <laughs> and there's a great app called otter.io uh, where you can actually dictate. If you don't feel like writing or you're in the car and inspiration hits, you can literally just click it on and just start dictating your thoughts as you're um, getting them just out onto um, the recording. And then that'll actually convert it into, um, you won't do a great job converting it, but you can go back and easily edit it um, yeah. to, the, to the transcript that it will give you.
0: Yeah, lots of people using um, dictation now. I use it for my fiction writing, but I mean, I, I haven't tried that one, Otter, but I, I use dictation. But I'm noticing more and more people um, who are getting into that now, especially being at home, you know, you might as well. And it's really helpful to be able to not be tied to your computer all the time or, your typewriter or whatever you're using.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I have to say probably about 20% of my book was from dictation and I was shocked, um, but it was just times where, you know, I'm sitting waiting for a practice to get out and my, my kids are running late and I'm like, Oh, I've got 20 minutes. Let me just get my thoughts out, you know, and yeah. I just start dictating. And it's amazing how much that adds up when you do it regularly. Right. So it's just, it can be a big chunk of a book. Actually, some people get a whole book done by dictation.
0: Yeah, I actually, there's an author I follow who, um, she kind of is notorious because she said this on her podcast. She's written full books on her exercise bike with her thumbs on her phone. (laughs) I was going, wow, I don't know if I could do my thumbs. Like that's really, (laughs) but I definitely do the dictation thing. So I get it.
1: (laughs) Must be some well-toned thumbs,
0: (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Exercise for your thumbs for sure. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great. So, um, Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. It's a really, really fascinating topic. Is there anything else you, any other advice you want to dispense or, I mean, maybe some advice on um, how healing, uh, let's see, what am I trying to say? Like advice for writers about, about healing and healing themselves and how that might help them, right?
1: Yeah, um, healing and mindset. Um, there are just some awesome books out there. Um, I can't say enough about Joe Dispenza's books. Um, he's got several that um, breaking the habit of being yourself and um, you are the placebo and certain books on mindset that are just incredible. Uh And the amount of energy that you get from doing one of his meditations is just amazing. So if you even have a half hour, 45 minutes, just go on YouTube, find a couple of his meditations. If you're in a funk or you just need to get a a zing of of renewed energy and um, it can be amazing what it can do for you. Okay,
0: great, great. Yeah, that's that's great advice.
1: So, where can people find you or or your book if they want to work with you? Yeah. So, the best way to find me is my website, which is gratitudemission.org. Um, my book is on there as well as on Amazon as well, and it's um, Flourish: Seven Ways Gratitude Can Transform Your Life. Nice. All right, I will make sure and um, link to those in the show notes so that people can come
0: find you. Thank you great. so much for being on here. It was great to speak to you about this. Thank you so much for having
1: me. It was wonderful to be here. Sure me
0: again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers.
1: So join the revolution and be a prolific author.